Today's guest is Vivica Menegatz. So she is a functional nutritionist with a holistic approach to healing. I'm just going to say right now, we were like, oh my gosh, we are soul sisters. Very, very aligned in our beliefs about what matters. But what really Vivica brings to the table is that she specializes in endocrine rebalance. So hormone-related issues. How do we get these rebalanced? And especially regarding trauma, what happens in the body as a result of trauma? And how do we get that back to balance? She goes into detail about how we often just want to go completely from the physical route, but she's talking about how much of this healing process is involving our spiritual beliefs, what's going on inside of us, the healing that needs to take place. Now, she also obviously also deals with the food aspect, the actual physical aspect of it. And she actually has a course called the Healing Foods Method where it's a highly individualized course. And she also works one-on-one with people to help them discover and eliminate the root cause of the issues that they're having, whether it's disease, autoimmunity, thyroid, et cetera. She's also a food photographer. She's from Italy. So you'll hear her beautiful accent as we get into the interview. She has been through her own healing journey to overcome prediabetes, an autoimmune thyroid disorder. She's really been through it. She's very, very committed to healing. One thing I love that she said in the interview was that she stopped only doing courses and groups because she just didn't feel like she could get deep enough with people like as far as she wanted to even though her course as she describes is very individualized she's created that way to help you understand what you will need she also works with people one-on-one and i was like dude that's freaking awesome she is a passionate advocate of a therapeutic ketogenic and carnivore diet just like i am using it for a purpose not committed to it forever but when used correctly for the right person it's a very powerful tool and she's a fan of that if you heard my episode with aaron blevins they created their essential carnivore cookbook together if you want to find her online she's the nourish caveman.com and journey to wholeness dot love and she's the nourished caveman on instagram if you want to find her there so yeah man this is a beautiful episode like we were seriously like we have to meet in person she's just like just a very heart-based healer and very very good what she does so i think you guys will get a lot out of this episode we'll go ahead and get into it here is vivica minigats Hey guys, I'm super excited to have Vivica here today because this is something that comes up all the time in my coaching. I was telling Vivica before the show often when, especially women, but it affects men too. But very often I see with women, I see hormone disruption, endocrine disorders, PCOS, hypothyroidism, autoimmune issues. And every time we get into the meat and potatoes, I always ask, when did this start? They might say, oh, when I was in fifth grade, when I was 17, I'm like, and my next question is always, so what happened? Like what Mm -hmm. happened in your life at that age? And it's like, ah, there's like, I would say every time, maybe it feels like every time there's some sort of trauma rooted and it's gut issues started first. And they went to all these doctors and no one could figure it out. And I'm like, so how did you get help processing the trauma that happened? It's like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, (laughs) So let's start here because this is your specialty. So I'm so excited to be able to dive into this with you in regards to trauma and emotional issues that happen to us. How does this manifest in the body? This is really interesting because like it took me years to get to this point where like, just to get a little bit of context to your audience of like, how do they get to this connection is that after being a nutritionist for seven years and working with like countless patients 
and digging, 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 I noticed one thing that some people got better through my program and it was kind of fast and like smooth and direct, Mm -hmm. especially hormone rebalancing. And some women, I work mostly like about 95% with women. Some women never got better. And no matter what we did, no matter how compliant they were, no matter how they took all their supplements, made the dietary changes, exercise, slept, still no changes. So in my digging process, I finally got to that point where asking about what happened. And it's really kind of a delicate thing to do because a lot of people, first of all, they're not aware that they even had trauma. And that was one of those. It took me many, many years to cultivate the awareness of what happened to me and what the cascade, like the domino effect from that root cause. And so you need to be really careful because a lot of people have a lot of fear around looking at what happened and they have a lot of preconceived notions. This is something pretty new, Tara. I'm sure that you've encountered this a lot in your practice and like in your experience that even 20 years ago, there was really no talk of trauma. And as you know, the PTSD diagnosis is about maybe 30 years old in the DSM. So before 30 years, there was not even a diagnosis that involved post-traumatic stress. So these are kind of new, new modalities, new practices, and a new lens to which, through which we can look at health issues and just issues in general. They're like dysfunction or less than optimal condition for a person. So all of these will lead you to those root causes. And I think that it's still very important to treat the body, the physical body, because like years of post-trauma have led to physical effects and repercussions that are now real in the physical body that we do need to address as well. And then like, but if we don't have the other piece of information, which is like, how did all this like generate and where is it sprouting from, then we can keep cutting. It's like poison oak, you know, I don't know if you ever dealt with poison oak in Oregon and California, there's lots of it. And you can cut it, you can burn it, you can like put chemicals on it. But if you don't get the roots out, it travels underground, it'll sprout somewhere else. And then you cut that one and it'll go sprout somewhere else. And so this is just the same with like this physical and hormonal, especially issues with women who have severe childhood trauma and Let's just frame the word trauma a little bit because like I think yeah. this is a word that is very used these days in a lot of different fields. Right. But we need to understand because there is a concept like when you talk about PTSD, a lot of people think that the traumatic event has been a major traumatic event, something like rape, incest, a car crash, major car crash, or like a major surgery or like abuse sexual abuse like those are really big things it could be like one incident like a really severe car accident can cause ptsd but this is not something that the majority of people are actually dealing with and there is a really good book that i haven't even finished yet it just came out not too long ago and it's called what happened to you it's the oprah book i don't know if you're familiar with it It's titled What Happened to You. And it's really about reframing our perspective of health and mental health 
yeah. from what's wrong with you versus what happened to you. Yeah. It's a really cool book. Awesome. But it really has a good way of framing trauma as any experience that, let's call it, in the first 7 to 14 years of life, the formative years. The brain keeps forming until about 21. But the major, like the impact is strongest as we are youngest. So in the first two months of life, any disruptive event is like going to have a bigger impact than anything else that will happen in the next 10 years. So any event that has been disruptive enough to cause overwhelming emotions that the person or the infant or the child was not able to navigate without the proper support, or it was disruptive to be absolutely emotionally overwhelming. And then also at the same time, there was not a framework or a support system in place that was able to like immediately give support to the child or infant. And especially when it comes to really early trauma, these incredibly disruptive events that can happen in the first couple of months of life. I was dealing with a patient who is a close friend as well. She's my friend and my patient. But we were talking about, I just ran all her labs and look at her thyroid. And she's had Hashimoto's for many years. And she had severe thyroid problems. She's only 33. And uh, she's now also starting to show some other hormone issues, like probably her adrenals are involved. Mm -hmm. And so I'm waiting for her hormone results to come back. We just did a Dutch test, but her thyroid results came back. And we have been working also about her childhood trauma. So she had a severe issue with her eyes as a baby. And so she had to be sent to get surgery at like, two months of age. And so she was separated from her mother Mm. for about two weeks, I think. Mm. And she was going blind, basically. And until they figured it out, it was about two months after she was born, that she was slowly going blind. So then they found out and she had to be sent for surgery. Mm. And she was separated from her mom. And those are things that even just 10 years ago, they would have been considered normal. Like this just happened. Right. Eyes are fixed, all good. But now looking back, how do we connect those experiences to her Hashimoto thyroiditis? She has an autoimmune disease of the thyroid and her hormonal issues. And also, of course, there are other elements that come in and contribute. And so, for example, when we speak about the thyroid, we do still have to be aware of the weaknesses that can bring an imbalance in our endocrine system. So the trauma is a big one for me that is like at the very root and that will cause a weakness. It's not just like trauma will like completely imbalance your thyroid like this. Yeah. So the trauma causes a weakness and an inability to properly be in energetic balance. And so what happens sometimes is like, Maybe your organ or gland is not getting the proper energy. So it's not getting good blood flow. It's not getting good nutrient flow. Right. So the cells become necrotic. So there is like a shedding of cells. There is antibodies start forming on a physical level in the bloodstream. So this all is a physical process that's caused by an energetic root. 
And then because this physical weakness is now established, then your gland will be more susceptible. And both in my case and her case, I had a lot of mercury fillings Mm -hmm. and she also has mercury fillings that she hasn't taken out yet. And so having that mercury in your mouth will like slowly, 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 like this is like something so common in people that have Hashimoto's undetected dental issues. And it could be root canals. It can be low-grade infections that have been brewing there for years, fillings that have not been well executed or the dreaded heavy metals. But why do some people get Hashimoto's and some don't? That's a big question, right? Like, how come? Is it just genetics? Is it like that I'm genetically not predisposed? I believe more in epigenetics than genetics. So there is the ability to switch those genes on and off. And the resilience, which is like my favorite word, is like (laughs) resilience, you know? Mm -hmm. How do we keep ourselves healthy and our beautiful hormones in balance? When there is original trauma, it really affects that resilience. So the original trauma will affect the resilience, which then will open up, like, for example, the thyroid to take in the heavy metals instead of just like kind of passing by. The body has an amazing ability to deal with toxicity when the body is in balance. Right. Yeah. I think it's so, I love this getting to what trauma is and what was coming to my mind as you were explaining that. And I don't know if, I I guess this is a question for you. The one thing I've noticed is that trauma can be very relative. So sometimes I'll notice with clients, I'll be like, stuff will come up. And I'm like, if you're comfortable talking about it, like, was there something that happened in childhood? Nope. I had a great childhood. Like everything was cool. Like we, good parents, good, solid home, whatever. And then as we get later in coaching, stuff will come up like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, my mom used to always like tell me I needed to watch my weight or my mom would tell me like, you're so pretty. If you just lost five or 10 more pounds, you would be gorgeous. And, or my dad, this is really typical with men since success is such a shame point for men. Oh yeah. My dad, I just always felt like my dad thought my brother was going to be successful, but not me. He would say things like that. And so I just had this belief in that. What does that lead to this chronic proving of I can be successful and this hyper adrenal overdrive stuff. And so I'm curious your thoughts on that too. Do you see this as like, like a relative trauma? Like people don't realize that they kind of had this traumatic experience because they weren't raped, but it's like, yeah, but if something hurt you down to your core as a little kid and changed your whole belief system of now I have to prove Mm -hmm. my value. I think it can lead to those same tendencies in the body of like, no, this can't be true about me. I have to prove it's not. Have you noticed things like that in your practice as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I call them the programs. So these like the trauma, meaning that event, there is, I don't know if you ever heard of complex PTSD. So complex PTSD is something even newer than PTSD. And I was just me, reading about this yesterday. Sorry. So I'm just really? like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yes, fill us in. I've, I've been really passionate about it because first of all, it's made a huge difference in my life and the perspective of like, I've had one of those childhood where my mother for my whole life is like, you had a great childhood. And I was like, wait, things don't add up. And mm. then through this, trauma information, I was able to see that actually, no, that wasn't really the case. Actually, the opposite, there was some major trauma in my life that has shaped my whole life in a very specific way and my health. And I can share a little bit about my crazy health story, but I'm pretty healthy now at 53. But before I've gone through like every single possible imaginable kind of thing 
from like pre-diabetes to heavy metal poisoning, thyroiditis, and all of those things. So CPTSD is complex PTSD is exactly that. It's not one large traumatic event, mm-hmm. but it is a serious, maybe uneventful kind of event that happened through sustained periods of time. Yeah. And they create these patterns, like they create coping mechanisms. Yeah. What we used to call, that's a little bit older lingo, coping mechanisms. Right. Now we call them more like trauma responses. Yeah. I think it's a more accurate way of describing yeah. the coping mechanisms and patterns. Right. So they're patterns of trauma response that can be a little bit different from person to person. Mm-hmm. And so when a person has, sustained prolonged trauma in childhood from CPTSD, something that can go completely undetected, but is exactly what you were talking about, is a constant undermining maybe from your primary parent figure. And it could be your mom, your dad, your grandparent, your aunt, whoever is like your primary caregiver can transmit. And this is like the generational inheritance. It was Mm -hmm. a term I heard yesterday that was so brilliant. Oh my God. Of course I forgot it. It's the first time I heard it. It's like transgenerational fun thing. It's like the inheritance that we get. And these are the patterns that generation to generation, they get transmitted. Those like those beliefs, the belief systems. Yeah. So it's that voice that of your mom that because she is insecure about her weight and she was shamed as a child. Now she's passing it on to you and saying like, the one my mom used to tell me, I still talk about it with her, but she's like, the beauty of the ass, ass like donkey in Italian is called asino, which is a donkey slash ass. And it's like, the beauty of the ass goes away. So you better do X, Y, Z, get married soon, because otherwise you're going to get ugly wow. and old and nobody's going to want you. And uh. you're going to get fat. And, and not just that, but ass also means stupid in Italian. If you're an ass, you're an ass, like here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so There's a great like, example. That's a hard program to undo. I'm still dealing yeah. with it to this day. After right. like 20 years of deprogramming. Right. But it really shaped my whole life. And of course, it influenced my health because like the subsequent beliefs in my head is like, I'm an ass, I'm stupid. I, my intelligence is not worth anything. It will never be valued, especially right. by man, right. because man just wants a piece of ass. You know, it translates kind of nicely. And you're just, so you're not only feeling stupid, but you're also running from looking old or wearing out. Or So you got to be in overdrive to make sure that that doesn't happen because you're literally running from demons in your mind. Like the worst case scenario because your whole value is wrapped up into it. Yeah, Yeah. classic, classic. And then you have body dysmorphia. (laughs) Right. Eating disorders. Yep. Anorexia, if not bulimia. And I mean, I skirted on both of them. Luckily, I never got really deep into the eating disorders, but I definitely touched on them. Yeah. And then like constant stress. Yeah. And adrenals, sex hormones, all of it. It's like it all weaves in together. Yeah. Because anytime you believe that your intrinsic value 
as a human being is wrapped up into some sort of conditional love, some sort of earning, whether that was success or your body. These are the, probably the two most common ones. Renee Brown says that women's number one shame point is their body. Men, their number mm-hmm. one shame point typically is success. And you see this all over the place. Like I have to earn it. And it it's a very conditional yeah. love mindset of, okay, yeah, I approve of you if you're just exactly as I expect. And if not, yep. I hate you. You're worthless. Like I will do anything it takes. I mean, I've had clients get into drug addictions just to run from that demon. So they wouldn't be hungry. I've had obsessive nonstop working because they just have to prove that they are successful. They can be. And it's mad. It's that and your intrinsic values wrapped up into it. I mean, you'll yeah. do anything because it's the survival of the ego, right? So totally. yeah, thanks for sharing that example. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. We're, we've got these trauma stories, trauma responses, or we have these programs running in our head. What happens from here in the body? They just translate like our belief systems really shape our reality. And like just thinking that first is your actions and your thoughts is the constant stress like you talked about. And then like you also just mentioned is like, what actions do we take? Right. You know, many clients I have that with hormonal issues now they're in their 40s and 50s and they have a lifetime of like eating disorder, a lifetime yeah. of like amphetamine abuse. Do you remember the good old fan fan? Yep. <laughs> like, it was a thing back in yep. the days. Like now it's Adderall. Now it's Adderall is kind of the replacement. Now it's Adderall and Ritalin, right? right? And yep. Yeah. And so it really translates in the way that we care right. or not care for their, our body. And so finally, like it starts layering up all these layers of like substances and lack of nutrients, dysfunctional behaviors, and it just compounds. And then like, I don't know if you ever heard of homotoxicology. Homotoxicology is very interesting kind of branch of nutrition, but it talks about accumulation of toxicity in the body and how okay. that fosters disease okay. and yeah. like the different layers and the different phases of disease mm, as cool. the body becomes toxic. Mm. And this is really interesting because we can relate that toxicity also to being uh, energetic toxicity. So yeah. our thoughts can be right. toxic. So when we have that feeling of self-loading, our thoughts become toxic to our right. body. We become toxic to ourselves. Right. And look at so many people with high trauma, they have autoimmune diseases. Right. And like that correlation is just barely starting to be made. Yeah. And as you look at the literal chemical release in the body, when we have these self-defeating thoughts and we go into these low vibrational energies like guilt and shame or stress or not enoughness, you literally release cortisol and adrenaline. And sure, that might what's interesting is I don't know if you've dived into Joe Dispenza's work on being addicted to certain emotions. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's so interesting how like at first that kind of becomes like a motivator for people. It's like, oh, I almost kind of like being in this stress response because I'm achieving in life and it's helping me. Yeah. And it helps me be skinny because I'm just like mobilizing fat and it, I have all this energy and I can prove my value. But what happens over the time is you end up getting pre-diabetic or diabetic or hormone issues, like you're saying. And so it's like, yeah, it's at first, it seems like those emotions almost can like serve you. And so it's easy to get addicted to being in that emotional state because it's familiar and you're getting something out of it. And so Joe talks about how 
you'll use new people and new situations to refill that and recreate them, recreate it so that you can stay Mm -hmm. in that state that you're familiar with. And so until you get to that root, that poison Oak, like you're saying under the ground, way deep in there, it's tucked so far away. Sometimes we, it's difficult to access because our brains are trying to protect us from it. But it's like, and that's when we need help. We usually need outside hands because we're operating out of what we have until you get there. It does just seem like it will be this chronic issue. And I love that you're talking about how our thoughts become actions. One thing that I like to demonstrate with my clients who have binge eating, so they've had this really restrictive Mm -hmm. mindset around food and they want to be super, super controlled. And then of course the reins come off at some point, they binge, they shame Mm -hmm. themselves, then they fast or whatever. And the whole thing repeats. And I look at this as like that, the inner tyrant, like is, is that parent or whoever they felt as a kid was like, no, 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 you can't have that. Or don't be like that. Or you'll be better Mm -hmm. if you don't. And then the inner child is this little rebel. That's like, watch me. And so you're in this like power battle inside your own self of like tyrant, inner, inner child, rebel, tyrant, inner child, rebel. And it's like, it's a grind. It's a horrible place to be. I've been there before I did all my healing work and man, it's just like, it's hard to be successful. It's hard to be happy in your life because you're in this constant battle inside of yourself that consumes you. So yeah, being there too. And it's interesting that also ties in with CPTSD because in CPTSD, we talk about the inner critic. Yeah, And like people that have CPTSD, they have this inner critic that is just like the critic on steroids. And it's it's like that tyrant. And like, it's Mm -hmm. just always there. And it like wants you to do things a certain way. But then of course the rebellion comes in sometimes and then that battle ensues. And like, how do we deal with that? How we do we reprogram that voice that is so relentless and so ruthless inside of us. And it really drives you into these like downward spirals that they seem to never end. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, this is sounding a little too familiar where do you direct them from here? Like, where do you recommend starting on this path of healing? Cause you, like you said, it can be scary to even, you've been protecting yourself from this for so long. It's like, you don't even want to admit it. You're like, no, I'm good. Like it's nothing. It's fine. I'm good. Fine. Being the absence of acknowledging any emotions. So where are some places that you recommend starting on this path of healing in a gentle and manageable way? Mm-hmm. It really depends on the individual and where what level of healing they're ready for. Yeah. So I would say that the majority of people this day, they're still only available for physical healing. Mm. And this is like, even though there are a lot of people, it's called awakening, uh-huh. which is just becoming aware of deeper issues and like right. wanting to open the door to this deeper knowledge of themselves and the, those root causes that we've been talking about. But there is still like a lot of people that are terrified of that. And it's just also like, look, I'm from Italy. In my country, I was born and raised. I left when I was 19. In Italy, you don't talk about this stuff. Right. Like my mom lived there. I talked to her almost every day with Skype every day, especially because I haven't seen her in two years in person. Mm-hmm. And we like when I try to explain to her about the work that I do with trauma and like also my work with women, because I do work with women about trauma. And this is like aside from the nutrition in my other practice that I go more into the emotional and trauma healing. But when I talk about that, she's not just like, just like, we don't talk about that. It's like wow. here, like, what do you want? Why do you have to open that door? 
why do you have to talk about those things? Mm. Can't you just live a normal life? That's wow. her tagline. Right. Can't you just live a normal life? Wow. Can't you just like leave me alone? Is also her tagline. Just like I just want to be left alone. Mm, so not ready am, to address any of it <laughs> so yeah. in our case i know like there are some people like my stepdad is not open even for physical healing so wow, i know right. that like there are people that are just not open to look right. at any of it right. and they're just going to continue on their track default right. and bless their soul not this lifetime right. that's what it is right and it's completely useless to push somebody into something they're not ready their soul is not ready their emotion is not ready and like him not ready not even like it goes to doctors takes medications and that's what he wants to do that's it my mom at least she's open for like physical healing so a little bit there are people that will be open to radical physical healing where they're like gonna be transforming their health and really get a grip on their diet and do great and thrive and then maybe that's not enough. And there are people that are open to the awareness of the emotional and trauma root causes, but they're not quite ready to go there yet. So right. like I have some patients that I talk to them about the deeper work. They know there is a deeper work. One of my clients fired or shrinks. She's like, you can do both jobs. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I have someone I refer out to for the really deep subconscious. Uh He's amazing. And I've had many clients be like, I don't think I'm going to work with my therapist anymore. There's amazing therapists and no disrespect at all. Right, exactly. Therapy is when people generally become aware of what's going on. I don't often see the repatterning happening as a result. And sometimes coaches can be a little more into the re, Mm -hmm. okay, so now we know. So what now? Like, how does this? I think trauma-informed therapy, that's something that anybody who's listening to this, if you do want to get into the deeper, so you ask, where do we start? So you can start with your physical health, go to a coach, a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. even a functional medicine doctor. They're a little more conservative, like backwards. But anyways, they're good, better than nothing. (laughs) And then if you're open for more, I would definitely recommend trauma-informed therapy. It will do. 10 times more than any conventional therapy that has existed up to this point. I see that I have clients that are actually our therapists. I have a couple of them. They're therapists and they're going to therapy. And I had to recommend them. It's like, get this book, take it to your therapist and work together with this trauma-informed modality because you've been in therapy for 20 years and has done nothing really. Right. Right. Then 10%. But if you work with this modality, you're going to be able to advance. And then from there, be able to like go deeper. And there are always different ways to go deeper. Like it depends. Some people jump in right at the deep end of the pool and they're like, okay, let's go all the way. Like psychedelic therapy, for example, is something that I know you have interviewed many people about. And that's something that I would say is up and coming and very Mm -hmm. valid to address people, especially with high levels of trauma and PTSD. Yeah. And I love the care and respect of where people are at that I'm hearing from you because I'm very much a like, let's swan dive, like let's swan dive. And actually while I'm swan diving, throw the scuba gear on me. And I want to go deep into the ocean as I possibly can. That sounds awesome. Not everyone is like that, not even freaking close. And so there has to be a very respect because you push people further than they're ready to go and you can actually make it worse. 
I think it's good for us all to say like, what am I ready to take on and handle? And I'm going to start here. I'm going to stay here for a little while and then work my way into it. And it's good for a lot of people. And I also love what you're saying about starting with your health, because for me, I've always called getting healthy, my gateway drug, the personal awakening. I was not expecting it, but as I got healthier in my mind and my body, Mm -hmm. I started questioning a lot of my belief systems. And I also saw that I was like, wait a minute. I was able to change my, my habits and the way I see life and what I perceive as normal enough that I get to live like this. Now I get to feel like this. I feel freaking amazing. I didn't even know human beings could feel like this. So that opened the door for me to be like, dude, what else is going on in my thinking patterns where I could be living in a completely different reality if I'm willing to take a look and repattern them. So I love that answer of like, start with health too, because it also provides this amazing uh, canvas, this amazing platform that's really healthy and and fine-tuned so that you can more easily process some of these deeper things because you're not also dealing with extreme fatigue and inflammation mm-hmm. and your brain fog and all of that. So that kind of transitions us into your course I want to talk about for a second. So can you tell them a little bit about the program? Let's talk about your main course and also your book. So the healing foods method, can you tell us a little bit about what you do there? So my course has been in existence for about six years now, and awesome. it has also transformed quite a bit. But basically, it started like the name says, it's about healing foods. And for me, it's about healing in accordance with the natural processes of the body. Nice. And then it's also evolving into healing into the natural processes of the human being. Mm. at all energetic levels so like we were saying we start with the body really but in reality we're dealing with all the different complex layers of the human being and so there is it's kind of an umbrella solution because we address so many different really important aspects and because it's a program that's targeted mainly to women of course like the endocrine hormonal health aspect is very big But it did start six years ago. The first version was like a metabolic reversal program. That's when nobody talked about keto and nobody knew what keto even was. And this was started as a ketogenic adaptation program to reverse metabolic damage and like reverse insulin resistance, diabetes. I was pre-diabetic. So when I wrote the program, I was like, I need something to reverse my own pre-diabetes. But that part was easy. That part is done quite easily, I got to say. It's like the tip of the iceberg because then you get into hormones. And even like diabetes or insulin resistance, they're tied to hormones. And those hormones that are like insulin, for example, which is a very important hormone, connects to your cortisol, connects to your sex hormones as a woman, connects to your thyroid hormones. Everything is like woven together. So if you're like, let's say a client goes to an endocrinologist, a conventional endocrinologist, what do they do? They run labs, they look at one number of your thyroid and they give you medication and that's the end of the story. They don't even look at your stress hormones. They don't even barely look at your female hormones because that's for another doctor. They have no idea what's going on. Your pancreas or your cortisol, that's for another doctor. It's like, yeah. And there's zero questions about your lifestyle or anything. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a number. Right. Zero. Random oh, no, the diet doesn't matter right. at all. So it's like you're a chest of drawers, not a person. It's like right. every piece of your health is a little drawer that is like compartmentalized. Right. And separated. 
so this is like about a truly holistic view of the human being and it starts from the foundation of the physical health. So it starts from like regulating blood sugar, yeah. getting a diet that is custom tailored to the individual and their age and their oh. sex and their hormonal status because we're all different. So as you know, being a keto expert yourself, that women need to do keto in different ways as they age right. or right. as they train, you do different. If you're in right. menopause, you do different. And if you're in right. postmenopause, you do different than perimenopause. Right. So or have hormone issues, a different purpose, different PCOS intention. Versus like, versus like a super active athlete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So this is what I really love about the evolution of the program is now I work one-on-one only and I don't do groups anymore. First, because I burned out from doing groups and it was too many people for too long. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't give people the attention that they right. really deserved. So yep. I changed like about two years ago into just working on with clients one-on-one That's awesome. and really taking them to a deeper level of transformation. And so it we address pretty much every facet of health in the program. Yeah. And it's I like it because the structure gives me the ability to not flop around or skip things or get random about right. things. You just follow a program. Right. So it's yeah. pragmatic. And the client knows what to expect too, which is always nice to have that roadmap. So they get the process and what they're doing. Yeah. And real quickly, I just have to mention that you also created the Essential Carnivore Diet Cookbook with Aaron Blevins, who was also on the show. So if you guys heard the Aaron Blevins episode, this is the cookbook that they created together. And it's like, wowie, wowie. So I love that you're using keto for this purpose. I was like, well, aren't we just peas in a pod? (laughs) Because that's how I see keto. It's like, it's such an incredible, powerful tool for healing, healing the body and optimizing the metabolism. Like, it's just like, Hey, we could like make this take a really long time or we can just get the job done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love your perspective on that. And mm-hmm. I love your perspective because you do keto for like as a healing diet, right? It's not keto forever. And I'm right. totally with you kind of with any diet, restrictive diet, totally. even carnivore. Carnivore for me is not a forever diet necessarily. Right. Unless you really have to, it can be just a healing diet. And like, this is my other book, by the way, where is it? that just got second edition. It came out with a new title. And for mm-hmm. me, this is a healing diet. And this is the way that I do ketogenic because it's like, it's more than just like keto ratios. It's also healing foods. And here we're back to the healing foods. It's like, we can heal with foods, but we need to do it in the right way. And, and real and then, quick, sorry to interrupt. If people are listening okay. on audio, it's keto cooking for healing and weight loss, correct? Yeah. Is that the yeah. name of it? Okay. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's really about understanding how to eat, like create the foundation of a healthy diet that is non-denominational in a way. And yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> I love so, that. People come in and are like, oh, I'm going to do keto and carnivore. And then can I go back to eating donuts? Like, right. that, that is, is not healthy. That is <laughs> why know? I created my program and wrote this book. Right? That it right there. You know, everybody talks to me about keto because they have like identified me as the keto 
the keto mm-hmm. trainer. And like, I would hear this all the time. Like they're eating like chips and drinking soda. And they're like, Oh, I got to get back on keto. And I'm like, we have failed you. We have failed you. This is like the all in or all out thinking there has been no lifestyle right. change. It was like an extreme right. challenge that you did. And like, ah. Oh makes me so sad, but yeah, I love what you're saying there. Cause it's when you look at it as a tool, like a step in your process, not as this like thing you have to do forever. Like that mentality completely removes logic. It removes intuition. It puts the power outside of you of like, even if I don't feel like this is right for me anymore, I have to do it because this is good. And if I don't do it, I'm bad. And all of this crazy thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You hold the power. You hold the power. You're doing something proactive for yourself. That's cool. When that does not feel aligned anymore, or you're getting feedback from your body that it's not, you right. still hold the power. You make those changes. So yeah, I love. And following your intuition as well. This is like another ah. thing that my program is really designed to help Oof, you reconnect. Awesome. I'm like reconnect your head with your body. Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. To listen to what's going on because we are so cut off, and because of all the toxicity and interference of. The foods that are make you stupid, I'm sorry, but you say it about being able to be more awake and right. more interested in going deeper once you clean up your health, of course, because right. a lot of what we take in, it makes us numb, but at a brain level, numb. Right. So there is like a stupidification of the people and it's kind of by design as well. Like stupid people, they don't think for themselves. They just buy whatever is in front of them. and. And it's like, none of us really want to admit that. Like, but if you've lived an experience of being more tapped in and more aware as you've optimized your health, and then you ate a bunch of garbage and went back to old patterns and saw how you felt for a few days, day or two after that, it's like your desire to eat that way gets incredibly diminished. And it has nothing to do with like your body fat percentage or your aesthetics. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not feeling like that. I mean, like, man, it's going to have to be real worth it. And I'm probably not even going to eat that much of it because like, I don't want to go into that state because you don't realize it's just, you don't realize you can feel better until you do. And then when that gets taken from you by some choice that you made, like drinking alcohol, every time I drink alcohol, I'm like, why did I do that? It's so rare, but I'll go to some social event or something. And I'm like, why would people want to do this? It just, I felt more stupid when I was intoxicated. And then afterwards I feel like crap and my workout sucks. And like, I'm not driven. I just, I can't, this is horrible. So once you experience something different and you know, it can be better, the whole game gets a whole lot easier because you're making your decisions, not out of like, Oh, I'm not supposed to, that's bad. I can. And then then the inner child rebel comes out. It's, it's more of this empowered adult energy of like, why would I want to do that? That's going to suck. So yeah, <laughs> let's talk about your other, cause you, I mean, gosh, girl, I was looking through your website and I was like, dang, she's been busy. You have <laughs> produced some amazing things. So can we talk about just your other, your books and your products that you have on your website? Yeah, I know. I had to do kind of a roundup of things recently because I've been around for a long time in the digital space. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even realize all the stuff I put out there. So. It, it, let me let me just say, guys, it's the nourishedcaveman.com is the website. Yeah. And she has so many programs, meal plans, like great resources, interviews, information on keto, recipes. I mean, that's kind of your jam, right? Is the the recipes and the and food mm-hmm. and like, yeah, you've got quite the tool belt here you know, the yeah. wisdom and knowledge behind what you're doing. And then the practical application of here's awesome things to eat that are going to make you feel really good. So. Thank you. And I think the latest evolution of everything 
I put it, I tried to condense it all into one place so people can have a good overview. And uh, I created a page that's called, it's on the healingfoodsmethod.com website. And yeah. it's the healingfoodsmethod.com slash services. Slash so, what? Services. Services. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes for you guys too okay. on YouTube and on all the audio platforms. So man, Vivica, it's been so awesome to like be able to talk to you on this interview. Cause I'm like, when are we going to meet? I got to see you at an event or something. We're like soul sisters on the same freaking totally, mission. Totally. <laughs> and I love honestly, like just hearing you say, like, I actually pulled away from group stuff so I could help people more. I'm like, okay, I love you. <laughs> it just shows where your heart is and the dedication. Like you're truly after healing and helping, not just bolstering up yourself and helping people at a shallow level. It's really freaking cool. And I really respect that. So thank you so, so much for coming on. I guess in closing, if there's one thing that you would say like that you want people to carry away in their hearts from this interview, what would that be? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I have like these little heart things in me. I'm like, oh, I just want people to like, I just want to share this. Do you have anything like that? I think that in the end of the day, everything we do for ourselves, our our goal should always be to become more loving and mm-hmm. more loving towards ourselves. And yeah. then so we can irradiate that love towards others. I love that. I love that. If that's Thanks. the only goal you can make, it's good enough. That's <laughs> uh, so wise. Yeah, because like when you... Sometimes I do like repatterning inner child type work. I'll go to client. I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm putting you on a calorie cutting plan. Like that's been your whole life since you were like six years old. Like we're not doing the same thing. And so we have to go through this phase of allowing the inner child to eat. But that with a facet on that, I always say, yeah, but, but not from that wounded child perspective, from right. now the loving adult perspective, right? That you didn't receive of like, with my kids, I don't limit what they eat, but I'm like, let's eat your real food first. Cause your body needs nutrients. It's not that you can't have donuts and cake or whatever, but like your body needs some stuff to operate. So let's like, make sure we give that to our bodies. And so it's from that loving space instead of this restrictive, good, bad thinking. So that is like such solid advice because everything like setting boundaries and relationships or going after your dreams to the things that you eat, to the way that you exercise or choose to take rest days. When you base that in self-love, the game gets right. so easy. Everything becomes so like alive and colorful and beautiful because it's all decisions based in love and you're exactly right. Then you, that's all you want for other people too, because that's your mode of operation. That's your being is love. You operate in that frequency. And so then all of your interactions with others become more beautiful. So yeah, it's solid, solid advice. So thank you so much for that. And again, guys, we'll link everything, her websites, books, all of the products, courses that you guys could want from Vivica. And man, thank you so much for coming on. It was really, really awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Out Health Podcast. I hope this episode served as inspiration and something that you needed to hear in your life. If you have a friend or family member that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And also please subscribe. I have so many more amazing guests coming. I have just been so gifted and honored to meet so many incredible health professionals in my career. And I cannot wait to share their messages with you guys. So please subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to rate my show, I would really appreciate it. This podcast is honestly an intuitive call to me to help spread goodness to the world. And so if you guys can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. If you want more info on this guest, pop over to my website, check out my podcast section, and you can get links to everything we talked about in the show um, and find out more about this guest 
and what, where you can go from here. Make sure you're also following me on Instagram. Uh, that is my most active platform. You can find me at Coach Tara Garrison. You can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Everything is Coach Tara Garrison across the board. And then, yeah, if you want to send me a message, guys, let me know other guests or other topics you want to hear on the show. Please let me know. I am here to serve you. So I would love to hear from you. would love your feedback on the show. And if you share any of these episodes, please tag me on social media. It's Coach Tara Garrison. 